0: One thing I'll give the one thing I'll give our buddy is mm-hmm. that uh, he's entertaining. I'll give him that much, and he and he's a hell of a musician. I got some of his CDs here. Mm-hmm. He's really good. He's very talented, but when it comes to the conspiracy realm, he makes Amelia and I look like novices. I know, right? <laughs> you know,
1: well,
2: the fabrication of the, what he's done with these non-linguistic programming things in his yeah the Beatles didn't write their own music stuff is what just got me.
0: Well you know what there's there's minimal evidence. You
2: can't say you take a minimal evidence and turn around and make it like it's fact. And that's yeah. how he comes across as I'm telling you this, and it's this is the way it is, and it yeah. and it is not. It, and it's no not. And we, you know
0: what, Mayor? Why don't we do this? Why don't you and I and Annie have that discussion? I don't know if Amelia is quite frankly versed enough in that aspect to be able to you know to to hang with us on that one, but Amelia does know mm-hmm. the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, Amelia, you ready to do this? Yes, puppy? Let's do this. Let's do it. Oh, <laughs> It's four o'clock in Los Angeles. It's six p.m. in Chicago. And in New York City, it's seven o'clock. Hello, everybody. I'm Mad Dog Dicipio. Joined as I am each and every week. She came back tonight. I tried to get rid of her, but she insisted on coming back. Amelia, the pitbull chapman. How are you, Amelia? I'm doing good. How are you? (laughs) I'm wonderful. The last time I saw you was well. Was it last night?
1: Yeah.
0: Right. It was last night I saw. Yeah, that? I'm
1: still mad. Yeah. Jeez. Oh man, yesterday. she was on
0: a tear last night. Holy shit. We're not even going to get into that one because we'll never. If we get into that, we'll never talk about the Beatles. Right?
1: And I want to learn.
2: Wait, refresh me, because I think I saw it come up and I didn't watch, but I I think I remember <laughs> thinking I wanted to know what that was all about.
0: Yeah. What was the topic? And yeah, you know, and I was prepping for tonight's show. I had my Beatles mug. I had my Beatles shirt, my Sergeant Pepper. I was wearing my Sergeant Pepper shirt. Oh, yeah. Wait, I got I got a couple good ones here. I we are in case you guys haven't figured it out by now tonight. The Beatles, their impact on the world. We're gonna talk about the Beatles' social and economic impact. We're going to talk about their impact on pop culture, fashion. Um, yes, haircuts We're going to talk about all this stuff And I was one of those little buggers That had a Beatles haircut For for a long time too Into my 30s <laughs> Ah, shit But before we do anything else I have to introduce two beautiful women Amelia, I've already introduced you You're not going to get a third one um, We have Ann Walsh and Mary Ann Howard Joint co authors of this fabulous little epic. It's like a 600 page epic here called Shadow of a Bass Man. This is about the life and death of Paul McCartney as seen through Paul's own eyes. He takes the reader on a, a, a virtual journey into his life, his death, and the people in and around his life currently. That happens as well in book number two, Shadow Dancing, The Rise of a bass Man. And uh, I tell you what, if that weren't enough, folks, it looks like the New York City phone directory. That's two books. (laughs) And they got two more in the works of equal size, probably more if I know Marianne. She's going to have her way.
2: Yeah, it's a a saga now. It's a saga, not a series.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, see, Annie told me privately off the cuff that, you know, Marianne doesn't know how to edit. She wants to keep everything in.
1: It's all right, and I know. The Two nah, of my man. favorite ladies. Welcome,
0: ladies, to the show. It's not that I, I, I keep you, everything I five in I out Amelia. Amelia and me that, I add. I add no, and I add. Amelia told me to throw you under the bus, so I got to give her a five bucks back. Don't
1: I worry. don't think so. I don't believe right? a word he says.
0: He's uh-uh. hey, Oh, uh, Moonchild's here. You guys are <laughs> going to love Moonchild. She's into this big time. Fall. She's already starting with fake Paul. Uh, I'm getting ready for work, but I will be listening. Uh, thank hey, you, Moonchild. I'm this sure. is one smart cookie. Moonchild is one of our regulars in the chat room. Uh, she's super into like the Beatles and conspiracies and all that stuff that we love around here. Um let's talk a little bit before we get into the the nuts and bolts of it cuz we're probably going to crawl down if I know Ann and Mary and we're gonna, we're going to crawl down you know 5 or 6 or 12 or 15 rabbit holes tonight and um and we may get lost in one or two of them. Um
2: you know Alice in Wonderland was Paul's favorite so you know we have to go that way.
0: Yeah. We will. We will do that. Um, so before we even get into that, I gotta catch up with you guys. How you guys been? Andy, how you been? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, I've been doing good, doing real well. Just uh, working on the books and looking forward okay. to getting those released. You, you know, look healthy. Well. You
0: look happy. The, the health is improving. Good.
3: Oh yes, yeah. I've come a long way in the past really? uh, fourteen months. So yeah, I'm on the road to recovery. Fabulous. Doing well, doing very well.
0: And my beautiful blonde friend, the mouth that roared, <laughs> Mary Ann Howard, heard all across Upper Pennsylvania. Lower up Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, yeah. How you doing know there? I'm
2: good, honey. How are you?
0: I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Let's talk about these guys. Um. You've written the basically and I want to just tell everybody a little heads up here. Basically, the shadow series, as we call it, the shadow series is about. Essentially, just Paul, there are elements of other Beatles uh, and their relationships to each other in the second book, more so than the first. But the entire series is kind of an investigative expose if you want to call it that on the life and death of Paul McCartney very heavily Paul influenced so but tonight we're going to talk a little bit about that we you can't talk about the Beatles and not mention at least you know refer to the um, that long-held rumor um before I even get into that though let's talk about Uh, The first knowledge, Anne, uh, the first knowledge you had of the Beatles' uh, tangible impact either on on fashion, society, on uh, grooming, on finance. What was the first, like, real tangible inkling you got that these guys were more than just, you know, a, a rock band?
3: Uh, well, I became a Beatles fan when I was 11 years old, and uh, when I was 13, um, you know, I just started collecting everything I could on the Beatles. So I, I collected, and throughout my teenage years, I collected a lot of books, and I read what I could on them. And wow. then, you know, through those early books in the 80s, I had uh, described, you know, how <laughs> when they came here, they really changed our culture. They changed the way we talked and then through uh researching the rumor for the past 12 years um i i just dove more into that and collected sorry collecting original material from the 60s that really you know went into how they were changing culture um even more so so um yeah it's important to to realize that at that time in the 60s uh the beatles they were the largest export England had at that time, so they, were the, time. Makers. Yeah, they were the money. Yeah, they were the money makers for the UK.
0: So, um, it, it, I'll tell you what. Um, I, as a, a, a sixty plus individual here, I can look back now. Shut up, Mayor. We're the same age. I know. <laughs> I can look back now and and have a real solid appreciation for what these guys did mm-hmm. uh, in during their their career. Mm-hmm. And I want people to understand they were only together commercially for just under 10 years. If you don't count the quarrymen or the silver Beetles, the Beatles, quote unquote, the Beatles, we're only a band for under 10 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Probably. Would it be a stretch to say maybe nine? Six, I was going to say maybe seven or eight, but yeah, we could push it to say nine. Push it to, ham- push
2: it to Hamburg. You know, you can't go beyond, you know, before that. Yeah. Yeah. You're in Hamburg. That was it.
0: Yeah. The Hamburg Germany, I think marked the, the beginning of the Beatles era. And certainly, for all intents and purposes, um, I'm going to say honestly, Marianne, I'm going to say 1969 uh, ushered in the end of the Beatles era. Even though they technically broke, yeah, uh, as a band in 1970, but let's be the honest with it they, they they were they were pretty much dissolved before 1970. Yep. they I mean they did some contractually obligated work together in 70 that they had to um let it be being the last of it mm-hmm. and that was I think Andy would it, would it be a, a stretch to say that was it after that
3: uh th- I think that's absolutely true um yeah they were breaking up I mean the band was breaking up by then anyways they're going their separate ways.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, so yeah, it was pretty much over for them, but unfortunately, you know, for us fans, we we wanted more, yeah. and more of their music.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's interesting. Um, part of it's part of the uh, the show I saw recently, the Fab Four. It's they have a great show, by the way. If you mm-hmm. get a chance, uh, folks, to, to see the Fab Four, spend the money for it. it it's well worth it. Part of their show is interesting because it has a little film clip of Dick Clark interviewing, you know, young teeny boppers. Right? Yeah. Who's going to be around longer, the Beatles or the monkeys? Okay. <laughs> Almost exclusively, everybody said the Beatles except for one. <laughs> one poor girl who says the monkeys. <laughs> There's one monkey left. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Mickey Dolan's is the only one left, um, and he's still out there doing a good job. Yeah, and you and know, I know I love but, but but musically speaking, the Beatles—you uh, can't. There's no way to even compare the Beatles and the Monkees musically. It's like apples and oranges.
2: You can't even and, and, compare the the Beatles and the Rolling Stones yeah. and their you know their own in my. Um, opinion,
0: Amelia, mm-hmm. when did you become aware of the Beatles' impact?
1: Well, I mean, Something I was. That
0: we've never talked about you and I.
1: Well, I mean, I was growing up, and my mom, you know, as soon as we would hear my mom start to play the music, like either the Beatles or Elvis or anything like that, we knew, okay, it's time to get up. It's time to start cleaning the house. So my mom would play that. She had all kinds of influences. In what, well, Elvis
0: music. and the Beatles was clean the house music?
1: Pretty much, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, as soon as That's she true. started playing. Because as soon as she started doing that, it started cleaning. I could see my mom's hips moving to the music. We started, you know, with all of that. So I was like, okay, it's time to clean the house. She's ready to rock. She's cleaning. She's swinging those hips.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) let me ask you a question then. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly uh, Anne and Marianne have a deep appreciation Mm -hmm. for the Beatles. They've written two books and two more on the way. Mm -hmm. Um, When did you have uh, a, a solid, sincere appreciation for the Beatles?
1: I mean, listening to the music really is like you know, l- listening to the songs, the words. I mean, they really had a lot of deep meaning, and you could really understand. Boy, the, she like,
0: said so. something important. Mm-hmm. The words. Words. Yeah, the words. Mm-hmm. How about that? The words. Yes. Um, and... The Beatles
2: had a song about the words. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Spread <laughs> the word.
0: Let, mm-hmm. Be free. Let, let's talk about those words, Ann Walsh, mm-hmm. the All right. author of. Fabulous book, yeah, yeah, the great and book. Another fabulous book. By the way, whatever you guys did to acquire the services of this incredibly prolific, you know, writer here, mm-hmm. this the the guy that did the foreword and your liner notes, <laughs> amazing <laughs> writer he is, fascinating writer.
1: Yeah, I wonder who that could be. <laughs>
0: I don't know. My like Angelo, somebody. <laughs> Fabulous book.
2: I think he's a Python. Um, exactly. <laughs> oh, he's a great guy.
0: So let's talk about those words, Ann Walsh. Um, there's a lot of words in these uh, in these here books, but there's a lot of words in them. There are songs as well. Um, you used some of those songs in in the books, mm-hmm. and um, and referenced some others. And so let's talk about. Uh, your understanding of where those words came from with regard to the Beatles.
3: You mean in their lyrics? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, what we used in the, the books were it was kind of like little hints towards, uh, you know, how they were feeling at that time. John mm-hmm. you know, once said that he writes personal stuff
0: that people right. can
3: relate to and it's his own experience so yeah you, you know when i we talked about across the universe where you know i we imagine john kind of thinking well you know maybe paul is deceased now and now he's in heaven how can i re how can i reflect that and talk about that without having to come out and say it so i mean he was a great wordsmith and uh, so you know you just kind of imagine where he would have been and maybe would have been writing something like that across the universe um so yeah those things just kind of uh came to us as we were writing we kind of hear you know some lyrics in our head and say oh well that fits you know this situation that we're trying to describe yeah um, like uh, yesterday, um, I think that was a very personal song that Paul was reflecting in his own emotions. Right, uh, you know. So I mean, songwriters do that anyways. They mm-hmm.
0: yeah. They impose. Well, you know, and let me um, cause you're going right where I want you to go with this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you mentioned particularly the song yesterday. Uh, That song fascinates me uh, even today on a lot of different levels because it's being sung by a 20, 21-year-old kid, essentially, at the time, right? Uh, Yeah, 22. 22. All right, 22. I was close. I said 21, right? Uh Yeah. Yeah, So 22.
3: he's,
0: He's a young guy with limited life experience, but yet the song sounds like... He's lived you know a lifetime already so my mm-hmm. question for you Mary Ann Howard where does that kind of lyric come from where does that living come from
2: I uh, his experiences even though he was young he he had done a lot of a lot of living up until that point his mom passing when he was 14 meeting John his mm-hmm. mom passing they 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 had that life and death experience True. um being on the road th- as much as they were um and then to get into what we call the troubles you know um yeah. uh-huh. i think the troubles were already starting to hit him and that was starting to take a little bit of a hold
0: yeah do you uh, do you believe as some people are suggesting these days actually in the last Eight or nine months There are people that are suggesting That perhaps Paul McCartney Biological Paul McCartney Was manic depressive or bipolar Do you believe that? No And you're shaking your head no No I don't
3: believe that at all
0: There is um, mounting evidence From a particular group of writers In England at this time uh, And they are going to put a book out um suggesting that perhaps paul was paul's worst enemy that he was either bipolar or suffered from some sort of, some sort of a manic disorder um, you're talking about billy <laughs> no i'm not billy paul biological paul hmm. yeah no, we already know Billy is manic and and at least at yeah, it's his
2: personality because mm-hmm. we know oh, he goes at, in and out of different states.
0: Oh, at very least, he's he's a, a uh sure. personality oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. At the very least. But in so doing, though, mm-hmm. as much as we hate to admit it, you know, Billy for that you know, lack of a better word, Billy mm-hmm. Shears, um, for this conversation's sake billy Shears was a an integral part of the beatles whether Mm -hmm. we want to admit it or not or like it or not you know after paul passed um billy certainly generated a hell of a lot of income
2: yeah for the
0: band and then we're going to talk about that right now the economic impact of the beatles um they probably even now in twenty twenty three, the Beatles probably outmerch everybody, perhaps except for the band Kiss. Cause Gene Simmons puts his logo on everything.
1: everything.
0: And up to and including, I'm not even making this up, folks. Including caskets. You yes, you can buy a mm-hmm. Kiss casket to be buried in. I'm not even <laughs> please tell me if I'm lying. <laughs> No, you can't. I'm not, I'm not at all. But the, let's talk about that. Whoever wants to take it, Annie or Marianne, um, talk about the, uh, the economic uh, benefits of the Beatles, either as a, a British export or as a British staple. Uh, What did they do for their country? What did they do for our country and the rest of the world? And why are they still generating money? And how are they still generating money? So whatever one of you guys wants to jump on that question, I know it's a handful, but.
3: Well, when they first came over here, uh, you know, they were selling records and they ended up being the largest export England had, Great Britain. Mm had so they were generating money for the the crown uh and they were creating jobs also companies were popping up here and there trying to sell beetle merchandise and manufacture beetle mer- merchandise so they were getting the manufacturing uh, industry going just to produce you know mm-hmm. their material and um they didn't make a penny on that by the way the merchandise that was sold in the united states did not go to the Beatles. They made yeah. nothing. It went to Jeff Stein and all the. That's
0: remarkable, isn't it?
3: It's crazy. Yeah, well, It's
0: remarkable to think that they made absolutely zip. Yeah, right. <laughs> remarkable.
3: Um, you know, for every record they sold, each Beatle got um, a quarter of a penny. So they had to sell four records just to get one
2: penny.
0: To make a penny, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's insane. 95% tax.
0: Wow. Yeah. The, and you they're know. not kidding. They're not they are absolutely not kidding. 95% why George made the tax crack tax that was. time.
2: That George made that crack that time about the queen being rich because <laughs> she was the one that got all their money.
0: I love what John did as a way of giving the the, the British crown the the royal FU. Uh. They were doing a concert at the Royal Albert Hall. And <laughs> He said that Andy knows what I'm going to say. Yeah, I know. He said, you know, uh, if you feel so inclined, you know, uh, politely applaud. The rest mm-hmm. of you just dangle your jewelry. You know, that was that was like you had to understand it, Amelia, at the time. Yeah. it was John's way of saying, take your jewelry and shove it up your ass. Yeah, is basically what he's saying. Um.
2: They were playing yeah, he for that and then he too. turned around and sent the sent the Queen back
0: his uh B, uh MBE. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's the um the the document you guys that mm-hmm. uh entitles a British um citizen to the term sir mm-hmm. or or mm-hmm. madam.
1: Yeah, because I, I think I hear that they have to pay like a big tax to her, right? Something like that, out of their wages still or something like that, if you live there.
0: I'm not sure. I think Anne and Marianne would be more uh, qualified to answer that than I would.
1: Mm-hmm. So, is, Anne, Anne if you want to take that one, or Marianne?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What, are you asking what the tax rate is in the UK?
1: Yeah, something like that. Even if you work there, you still have to pay like, a big tax to her no matter what, or something like that, well, right? Well,
2: yeah, it's just like we have to pay here.
1: Yeah, but it's like bigger <laughs> over there. It's like you work for her no matter what. Like she's the tax person or something like that.
0: Yeah. I'm not yeah. real sure. Annie, do you know anything about how that works?
3: Well, I just know um, at the time, the Beatles were paying 95%, I believe, in taxes out of their wow.
0: income. that's yeah, ridiculous. I know we that never Brian got into that when, when Brian was their manager and he handled a lot of the aspects of their management, including some of their personal finances. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. this because I've I've read some of the books that, you know, that have been written about George. I've even read George's writings. Uh Um, And they all give kudos to Brian Epstein in that regard, that he was able to help them remain solvent. Uh Um, When Brian died and then there was this um, battle for control of the band, particularly Uh management, a guy that Paul or Billy, whatever you want to call him these days, uh, I I think guess we have to say Billy. Yeah. Um, a guy came along named Alvin Cl- um, Alan Klein, and mm-hmm. Alan Klein was a- an incredibly successful manager, but he was also a human slime ball. Uh huh. Because he sure. would give you a million dollars, but keep five million for himself. You know. Yeah. That was his split. Here's a million. You made a million. Uh I made five, you know, they weren't exactly,
2: they weren't exactly learned on the mass of their day for accounting.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) I just wanted to play the
2: music and they said, Brian, you take care of it. And so when Brian, yeah. And Brian wasn't even taking care of it because he's the one that signed all their merchandise rights away and all the other stuff. Well, and
0: and that leads, that leads into this line of Mm -hmm. question and, 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 We all know what happened. Brian became increasingly more erratic, Uh increasingly more dependent on drugs and alcohol. Uh, He became increasingly more dependent on the sexual services of um, liaisons, we'll say that, Uh and spent a lot of money for male companionship, by the way. Yep. That's not. That's you know I'm not telling tales out of school here. Uh-huh. No. That's already been written about. It's it's all out there. The We're telling those thing, tales
2: in the nonfiction book
0: too. So, yeah. Well, I'm uh, when it's ready. Uh-huh. Papa Bear's ready.
1: Uh-huh. I know.
0: Okay. Good. Now, um, but we got to talk about their the money that they've made and that the money that they're still generating. Um, certainly. Billy slash Paul um, did not like Alan Klein from jump from day one. He never liked them. I think he sensed something that was a foul here. Um, that really was the the beginning of the end, if you want to call it. And that really was it. And I don't, yeah. I don't think there's any question of that. Yeah. Um, but what happened was that Billy made an incredibly insightful decision was to separate him from Alan Klein. Now Alan was the group's manager, but he wasn't Billy's manager. Right. He didn't start so, off. And that's why Billy even today is worth in excess of a, you know several billion dollars. Personal worth, by the way, okay. Corporately, he's worth, you know, an exponential amount of money. The sky's the limit because he's still earning. You know, when you're performing, you're earning. Yeah. And the how old would he be now, Marianne? He'd be well like in 80, in Paul, Paul. would be eighty-one. But
2: mm-hmm. if you add the five years on from the magical mystery tour of the thirty-year-old, he's right. five years older. So then he would be 80, coming on eighty six. So
0: and, and that would be about right because he's starting to look it, and he mm-hmm. looks it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the last year has really shown his yeah. age, and, yeah, and in
0: a in a very profound way. And and I think that's part and parcel of the reason, quite frankly, that he doesn't care about holding back anymore. What's he got to lose? He's made his money.
2: Yeah,
0: he will die. A multi billionaire with everyone wanting a piece of what he left behind. But they've got to go through Stella and Mary first. You know? And and whatever wife is number wife number four now, number five. Yeah. She's uh-huh. right.
2: already she's already a millionaire in her own right. So oh, yeah, absolutely, of course. Yeah.
0: Of course. Um, but we have to talk about how they're still generating money today with yeah, you know, I, I don't even know. I mean, we got t-shirts, coffee mugs, um somebody's oh, there's
2: anything be- you can think of. My oh my, yes, my cell phone. I have the Beatles the covers, covers and yeah. uh you
0: know has the licensing on this. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be somebody connected with either Apple or Sony mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. got the licensing on this. Who's got the licensing and who's making bank on them right now? Who is it? Who Who? we know? I'm not sure.
2: I haven't, I haven't researched that aspect. Right. That's present day Andy, stuff. Andy, we're, still back in the, we're still back in the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Andy, you want to venture a guess as to who you think might be, you know, um, holding the purse strings here?
3: Well, it seems to me that Apple I got is.
0: a pretty good idea.
3: <laughs> it seems to me yeah. that Apple is. And uh, mm-hmm. Billy is ahead of that. And he really gets out there and, you know, promotes the Beatles a lot. So
0: the guy who owns the merchandising rights, Annie and Marianne, is one William Campbell Shears, Shepherd, whatever name you want to call him. He there you go. he he owns outright oh, wow. all the licensing for anything Beatles, McCartney, Lennon, Harrison star related. Is wow. he have,
2: is his name on it like that? Is that what you're saying?
0: Oh no, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, he is okay. Well, I I'm mean Billy, you, is,
2: you're saying Billy is, but is mm-hmm. it is is the name
0: what's the uh, name? No, 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 the name on the on the contract says mm-hmm. Paul McCartney. Oh okay. it says James Paul McCartney is what it says. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? <laughs> I was thinking, boy, he is doing a tell. <laughs> I well look, I told you guys before, if you need any help with the book, let me know, but you never called me. <laughs> But I did write a hell of a review. By the way, that's on book two. My review uh-huh. in the book and my liner notes. Fascinating. Fascinating book. Love I love it, too. Yes. You
3: mean, It too? Was very, very mm-hmm. touching.
0: Great book. Um, yeah. So here's what's going on. Um, uh, Macca Inc., which is Paul McCartney's company. It's called Macca Inc. Uh, they own the licensing rights to every piece of property that has Beatles likenesses. Individ- Even Ringo Starr Man. does not own his name. Ringo Starr's name is licensed by Paul McCartney. It's crazy. Wow. Okay? All well, right? I, you know,
2: he had that thing with michael jackson and bought back
0: his sony record yeah he, uh, mm-hmm. he purchased back the beatles catalog it cost him they said it cost him almost three times the amount to purchase it back than what he what he uh, uh, mm-hmm. accepted for it actually what he except for the michael yes. jackson bought it out from under him yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's what happened um because he went to, to Paul, Paul again. We have to use the word Paul. He went to Paul and said, "Hey Paul, how do I make money in music?" <laughs> said, oh well, you know, you have to, you have to buy licensing, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what he did. He bought the license. I mean, you have to buy publishing,
2: mm-hmm. and that's
0: what he did. He bought the fucking Beatles publishing catalog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, you guys, um, we were fortunate enough to get an exclusive from Sir Paul McCartney. Listen to this. Hey, everyone. This is Paul McCartney, and you're listening to What's the Blues, America's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty <really>
1: cool. <laughs> Well, I hope he
3: endorses
0: our book. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. I got one. For you. I got one for you. Hold on. Hold on. It's there. You ready for this? Yeah. Hey, it's Man and Be sure to pick up your. Uh-huh. Hey, it's Man Dog and on Let's be sure so... to pick up your copy of Shadow of a Basement and Rise of a Baseman by Ann Walsh and Marianne Howe. Available right now on Amazon.com. There you go. That. Well, thank you.
2: <laughs> that was beautiful.
0: I put a little little video together.
2: And and the I song thought- was
0: appropriate for the cover as well. Uh-huh. And I thought to myself, let me throw something together here. Hold on. That was I was my commercial was getting ready to go. We have an automatic lineup here. Uh-huh. Certain things go automatically. And That's you not- were about to get serenaded by a a ball shaving commercial
1: oh good lord i think that's because it is commercial time <laughs> i was going to
0: say
3: no
1: we, you need a sponsor for, you
2: need a sponsor for female guests and then you can have your sponsor for your male guests
0: well i'm, I'm sorry but we got to do it actually we're up on the commercial now amelia said it. You you right? we sure are <laughs> folks stay tuned we'll be back right after this word from our sponsor do you have sweaty balls or volleyball netty balls? It's time to make them ready balls. The Manscaped.com lawnmower 3.0 will do the job and clean your knob with its patented no nick head so your head will function as desired. Enter promo code WRESTLINGFUTURE for a generous 20% discount. That's enter WRESTLINGFUTURE for a 20% discount. Manscaped.com And wrestling with the future, going balls to the walls with Manscaped.com. And the Lawnmower 3.0, your balls will thank you. And so will we. What's Buzz Podcast wants to welcome Radioactive FM 88.6 in Wellington, New Zealand. Radio Perth, Australia. And RTL Radio 102.5 in Milan, Italy. Welcome aboard, and welcome to The Buzz. Okay, now that we've gained our composure (laughs) back, only on this show will you hear a commercial for a bullshit (laughs) They've been with me for four and a half years, God bless them. Four and a half years with the same sponsor, they love us. (laughs) <laughs> and they let us do whatever the hell we want um, So when last We were speaking uh, about the Financial impact of the Beatles Let's talk about something A little closer to home The uh, the social and Cultural impact um, When did it become Aware to you Marianne That these guys Were more than just a band that they were Affecting things around you uh,
2: February 9th 1964 <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. You
2: know, I can't go before that because I mean, I wasn't aware, obviously, and it wasn't broadcast here, but yeah, I was yeah. six.
0: It was, yeah, you were a kid. I was a kid. How about you, Ann? When did, when did you become aware of the social impact?
2: She's a baby.
3: Uh, well, actually, when I was 11 years old and I saw the murder of John Lennon. Oh, okay. The
2: gatherings of millions
3: of
0: While people, you are young. People.
2: Yeah, she yeah. she doesn't she, oh, she lived through the 60s. Like Angelo and I were blessed. Not yes. in our age now, but we were blessed to right. be a, a child of the 60s and a teenager Definitely. of the 70s. You we know, I
0: lived through we I had the best see, music on both sides, so I got to see the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah. I got to see that happen live. And I knew who they were and I knew the song and there were people the day of that, show, let me tell you a funny story about that. The day of that show, that Sunday, in my neighborhood in Philadelphia, where I grew up at the time, there were little girls, schoolgirls, with you know, like the pigtails and the Catholic school uniform. Yeah. Walking up and down Mary you'll understand this, you'll appreciate this. Walking up and down Broad Street in Philadelphia with signs. I love Ringo. I love Paul. I love John. Um um, the Beatles forever. Um, you, can, uh, El- if you can watch any Elvis of the videos,
2: you see that on all the videos when people people need to go on to YouTube and watch all yeah, their I, know, saw yeah. I saw
0: that in person, I saw that in person. I saw, yeah, I've seen those Broad people. Street walks. <laughs> I saw l- girls literally holding signs that Elvis is dead, long live the Beatles. Yeah, I saw one of those signs in person. That sign, by the way is etched in infamy forever and a day on film. And you can see that on, as Marianne said, on YouTube. Yeah. Because it's there. It says, you know, Elvis is dead. Long live the Beatles. I love Paul. Everybody loved Paul, Mm -hmm. you know? I was married to
2: him when I was second grade.
0: (laughs) Right, there you go.
2: My best best friend and I pretended we were married to Paul and George. Mm -hmm. We would act out all sorts of things. We were patty and
0: talk about an interesting phenomenon. Everyone assumed that Paul was the leader of the group. He was not. It was John's band. John's group. How did Paul become the um, John? Ad hoc spokesman for the,
2: I think it's because Paul would be doing all the introductions of the songs, he was the one that spoke the most. He was the most diplomatic about how he... John would stick his foot in it and Paul would save him.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well, yeah. John, John, I'll give John credit. Uh, he did, he had no filter. No, well, I like, I like people with no filter. <laughs> um, but, you but know, I
2: yeah, but would not you think the leader of you? the band would be the one to be announcing yeah. the songs and yes. what's coming up next? And it, it um, makes perfect sense. people, I mean,
0: yeah. absolutely, it makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, I ask these questions because you know, just I'm an inquiring mind, I have to do this. Speaking of inquiring minds, uh, Moonchild wants to know. Will you be discussing the documentary Paul McCartney Really is Dead, The Last Will and Testament of George Harrison? I've mm-hmm. actually seen that film. Mm-hmm. It was very well made. It was mm-hmm. complete bullshit, but it was very, very well made.
2: Mm-hmm. It woke people um, up.
0: Oh, I yeah. don't believe yeah. for one moment the premise of the film, Not, I mean, the way they weave together um Fiction and, re- and real life and the way they weaved in song lyrics and and the subtext of the songs. For example, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, a, a Paul being killed in a car crash and a, a guy from MI5 came along named Maxwell. Okay. Well, you know, okay. So Maxwell's silver, silver hammer, hammer came down upon it. Okay. Look, that's cute. It's pithy. I like it but it's not real, okay? Not only am I an intelligent person, I've got an interesting sense here. It's what I do for a living. I know bullshit when I smell it, you know? Um, she said I found it fascinating, Moonchild. Well, it was fascinating from an entertainment standpoint, but from a, a truth standpoint, from a historical standpoint, it was complete poppycock
2: yeah also what i I feel like happened with with having george harrison's last one testament was it woke people up we grew up with the rumor in the 60s yep but and we knew most of us knew something was going on you could when i I could feel the change but and i went off of like you know paul would say well we would be on them or we'd be off of them i went off of them for a while you know marianne
0: and annie when i Saw that film, and I saw it when it came out. Um, And I saw, believe it or not, I saw a theatrical release of that movie before it it hit the um, the small screen television. Mm -hmm. And right after that movie was released, there was an explosion, an explosion of Paul is Dead books. Yeah. Yeah. Were being cranked out like at a... Ridiculously rapid rate because everybody then who knew something here's my Summarization of it. Uh everybody who knew something then felt Safe enough to be able to say something on paper because the movie had already tipped the hat When and that was also
2: at the same time was that was it not 2000 was it 2009 uh, in yeah, around okay, right now, 2009 is when Facebook started. 2009 is when most of us of our generation started being on the internet for social mm-hmm. media.
1: Mm-hmm. It's when we yeah. all
2: started researching things and we were able to look and explore and visualize
1: instead of going to look through, instead go, of looking
2: this. at something, mm-hmm. well, we couldn't look at anything, right? I mean, we yeah. had VHS, you know, or mm-hmm. um, VH1. The MTP and that kind of stuff.
0: 2009, Marianne. Mm -hmm. Huh? 2009. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So 2009 is Facebook, social Mm -hmm. media, Mm -hmm. um, and and our realization that we can start exploring and researching and looking at things. Yeah. And seeing that there's... Absolutely. There's Mm -hmm. those things that they were talking about 30 years ago, 40 years ago at that time, actually happened.
0: It seems like 2008, 2009 was... The genesis of a a brand new audience of Beatles fans coming uh, emerging mm-hmm. or coming mm-hmm. to maturity, yeah. Um, you know, you had us old farts. I speak collectively for Marianne and I and people of of our age because our we're,
2: generation, uh, our yeah, generation, exactly. mm-hmm.
0: my generation. Yes, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Speaking by of the way which- Roger
0: Roger Daltrey starting to look his age too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, though, Um, on on our topic of pop for the 60s, -hmm. Michael Caine did a really good documentary back in around 2000 and something um, Mm -hmm. on my generation. It's on YouTube. And I recommend anybody watch that. So
0: I know the film. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about this here. Um, His name should be. Hold on a second. Let's see here. His name should be called the mailman because, boy, does he always deliver. Thanks again, Angela, for what you did from us. Oh, that's Jimmy's thunder from Down Under. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank- <laughs> what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was Jimmy. Mm-hmm. What he's talking about is um, for his birthday, he want, his son wanted to meet one of mm-hmm. our guests. Oh, I, had two, oh. I had two lookalikes on the show. I had the uh-huh. Gene Simmons lookalike and a Paul oh. Stanley lookalike. And they're when I tell you guys they are dead ringers. Not (laughs) I'm not even playing. These guys are dead ringers. When I saw
1: them, I was like, so,
0: so Jimmy Thunder from Down Under. He's he's our guy in New Zealand. Nice. Um, That's how we were able to acquire that radio station in Mm -hmm. New Zealand. Um, and I'm very very grateful for him. But his son wanted to meet the Paul Stanley looking like. So the guy made him a video, Mm -hmm. and sent Uh it to him and.
1: And that's then nice.
0: the kid sent me a video. Was like really very heartwarming. I felt mm-hmm. like I did something good. You did. Was a hero you did. So sweet. Did. It felt wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, Jimmy's a great guy. He's one of our. He's one of our guys mm-hmm. here. Um. So yeah, there's an there's interesting thing here. Uh, that's happened. All of this Beatles stuff started popping up everywhere, and then mm-hmm. people were no longer afraid to talk about Paul. Mm -hmm. And they were, you know, even record companies were re-releasing albums. And I've got, thankfully for that, Mm -hmm. I have my Beatles collection complete again. Yeah. I have built and rebuilt this collection, you guys.
2: Yeah, I'm with you.
0: Five times over the last, (laughs) like, 40 years. Mm -hmm. For real. At least that much over the last 40 years. You know, you move and you you miss this and you move again and you miss that. And one place I ended up leaving like a shitload of albums. I was like, and I had the original White album and I had the original Meet the Beatles and yep, Help me too. and all this. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But now, thankfully, I got them all back. Yeah. Um, so thank you for cranking out them albums, you know, uh Parlophone records. I appreciate it.
2: And it's nice that we're there's a lot of um, flea market places, and I've been I found a vendor. I got to go back. I spent three hundred dollars there the last time I was there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I got to go back and go buy more.
0: There's a place I want to tell you about when we get off the air.
2: Yeah, yeah. I won't. I'm not. I'm not giving away my place. (laughs) No.
0: I'm going to tell you, and when we get off the air, I'm going to I'm going to give you the name of a place Mm -hmm. that you'll find. Anything you want. Oh, I'm there. Anything. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, everybody knows, you know, back in 1964, mm-hmm. when the Beatles hit Ed Sullivan, they, they never saw four guys quite like this. Interesting. They were all dressed alike. You hadn't really seen groups dressed alike before. I mean, they mm-hmm. were, you know, of course, you know, gentlemanly suits at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. They didn't look like the Rolling Stones or, you know, ACDC do today. Uh, even the Stones actually used to wear ties. Believe it or not, folks, it's true. Mick Jagger used to wear a tie. Scary thought, but he did. <laughs> And Tyler Keith Richards still looks the same, damn it. <laughs> he looked miserable. Then he looks miserable now. But Keith is a great guy. Um, but here's the thing that people remember. Them haircuts. Best. Yeah. Yeah. Them haircuts, man. Them Beatles haircuts. And I look
2: at their haircuts now. I mean, I look look at it now mm-hmm. on yeah. them then and I think oh, it's yeah. not really it's not really anything that Paul always had it layered. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it was long and all no. hanging down and straggly. It was always trimmed and in you know what I mean? Yeah. Proper looking. But yeah. here's the Something. thing
0: about that as it as wasn't long either. As proper <laughs> And they did look proper as yes. proper as right. they looked at the time. Oh, I know believe they were still it, they
2: were still labeled Believe
0: it or not. That hair was considered long for the time.
2: Well, compared to the uh-huh. buzz cuts of the day, yeah, uh-huh. it
3: was. You
0: know why they considered it long hair, Annie? Cuz you had bu- buzz cuts. No, because it went it covered your their ear. ears. Mm-hmm. Oh, they considered long hair anything that covered your ears. Mm-hmm. Long haired hippie
2: freaks need not apply.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know the mop tops. Yep. Yeah, they yeah. were mop tops for yeah. sure. Yeah. Especially when they used to go hair The Beatles have impacted us in a lot of ways culturally. Um, our language, we, we ha- we're saying things that we never said before. The Beatles introduced us to a new kind of vernacular. Mm-hmm. Um, some they got from their homeland of Great Britain. Some they got from Germany and other places they performed. I, I, I suspect my own, again, my own summarization. I suspect that they got much more from Germany than we have been led to believe. That That's my personal take on it. I think that they... Acquired a lot of knowledge that they didn't have before. I think that they acquired their their sense their of musical, uh, their sense of musical uh, astuteness. There, they certainly learned to play for sure, because they were given the freedom to play. Think about what they, yeah, they well, were doing three to four shows a day, six days a week. That's a lot of playing. They
2: were playing you, like eight hours at a time, too. Yes. They weren't it's like, crazy. they didn't have breaks. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's what I'm saying. They were doing three, four shows a day. Yes, That's all, you know, you do, you figure an hour, hour and a half set, mm-hmm. three or four times, That there's your eight hours right there. I don't yes. even know
2: that they had sets back then that they were doing mm-hmm. sets. I think they were, It's this band is hired to play from, Six o'clock to ten o'clock. This has uh-huh. appeared to play from twelve mm-hmm. o'clock to yeah. six o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, You, you but might I think
0: be more right on that than I yeah. am. Um, from what, what always... I
2: was reading, that's what I'm. I'm gathering that mm-hmm. they were they were playing yeah. huge long stretches. That's uh-huh. why they ended up having a lot of stuff that
0: they would take mm-hmm. occasionally to keep right? them going. Does that does that uh, uh, does that mesh with you two? That what what Marianne is saying about them? They're playing like long like. Eight hours at a time, uh, but yes, what?
3: that's why their manager at the time um, sent them over to Hamburg was to fine tune their plane.
0: You guys know so, anything about a guy named Alan Williams?
3: Yeah, that was their first manager. Okay. he sent
2: them to Hamburg. Yeah,
0: he's that's only- the guy that man doesn't get enough credit. I really and I, he's the unsung hero, yeah, of the Beatles. He, he actually brought Brian credit. to
2: see he brought Brian to see the Beatles. I mean, yeah. you know. So
0: yeah. yeah. I I don't think that Alan Williams truly appreciated at the time what he had, or maybe he knew that he, that his knowledge or his uh, clout, if you will. He was the take them so far. Right. Mm-hmm. He he you know? he knew
2: his limitations and he knew what Brian maybe could have could yeah. bring. Well,
0: because Brian came from a money background mm-hmm. and his family owned music stores.
2: Yeah. Furniture stores with a music store on top.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How right. crazy is that?
1: Yeah. You know, it's I interesting. know,
0: I'm gonna tell you something crazy. After this show tonight, I'm going to tell you about a furniture store. With a music store on the top. That's where I'm going to send you. Oh, okay, cool. I'm, I'm absolutely serious. It is a furniture store. In fact, you know what? I'm going to give them a little plug right now. So, to my friend, Mr. Keppel, at Keppel's Carpets in um, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I'm sorry, in West Berlin, New Jersey. I'm going to send some people your way. Mr. Keppel is a musician He's got a great furniture store there with carpet and all kinds of things that you furnish your house with. And he has an incredible record museum on the top of his store, and it's called the Record Museum.
1: Oh wow! And it's
0: in West Berlin, New Jersey. Um, I don't have the phone number offhand because I didn't plan on doing an ad hoc commercial, <laughs> you know. but there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Um, and, uh, and I'll talk to Mr. Keppel and Maybe I'll get him as a as a sponsor. A sponsor,
1: <laughs> yeah. There you go. Anyway,
0: but that's you'll find any beetles anything Beatles you want, you'll find anything. He's even got stuff from Tony Sheridan and the Beatles. I do too. Yeah, yeah that's not, that's hard to find stuff though. It is.
2: I do. Ha- I have that re- one of their records with Tony Sheridan, thanks to Shirley. Oh,
0: yeah. wow. If you can find. Yeah. Like, you know, Tony Sheridan stuff. That's, uh-huh. you know, because Tony, I think Tony's got to be gone now.
3: Well, but he had,
0: a, his hair was, is he still around, Annie? Tony Sheridan?
3: I, I don't know if he is or not, to be honest. Because I know he had we gray hair have. down
0: to his ass. He had a ponytail <laughs> just freaking long. Yeah, Marianne, see if really? Tony Sheridan's still I'm looking, her.
3: I'm looking. I know, I got
0: gotcha. you. Okay. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I have that album, too. Yeah. It's a, yeah. a rare one, and it's a treasure if you can find it.
1: Amelia, ask
0: away. Kiddo, ask away.
1: Yeah, one of my uh, favorite songs I remember is uh, the John, John Lennon song, Imagine. Anytime that I'm feeling down or I just want just to even like focus and concentrate if I'm having a bad day, I just listen to that song over and over just to kind of like get through the day. That's one of my favorites.
0: They just had a – oh, God, I saw it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. that you mentioned imagine they mm-hmm. just had the piano oh, I love that. that john lennon composed imagine on really? it was in a um it was in the lobby
1: mm-hmm.
0: of a hotel in in los angeles in california oh, wow. and they had uh, the whole beatles display uh in the background i, I believe it wow. was a photographer Mm-hmm. They had a Beatles photographer, and they were displaying his artwork.
1: Oh wow! Well, he
0: happened to be the the photographer that photographed mm-hmm. John Lennon on that piano oh, composing wow. "Imagine."
2: Was that the white baby grand?
0: Yes. Oh yes. wow! Yep. It was in L.A. not more than three months ago.
1: Hmm.
0: Like, oh. and and it was making the rounds. Oh, But that. the photographer? that that had this the beatles set up, and i'll get his mm-hmm. name in a minute for you mm-hmm. um he had he's written a brand new Beatles book it was the, it's like a coffee table book big mm-hmm. one
2: yeah
0: and uh and he had the piano with him at every stop oh so and i'm waiting for them to make their way to the east coast because they are coming mm-hmm. this way well. i'm
2: wondering if it's the white upright with a well it wasn't but they had that was painted white with the grapes on it
0: no, this oh. is I know which one you're talking about. This is the Baby Grand, a white it's, Baby Grand. I oh. thought
2: Yoko still had the Baby Grand at the Dakota.
0: Uh, she, she may still own it, but I will tell you that that white oh, Baby Grand around. is mm. on, it's on tour right now. Oh, and I know that. Isn't factually. that
2: amazing? A piano is on tour.
0: I know, it right? Is, <laughs> well, it's on tour because oh. this photographer. Yeah, is yeah, on tour. I gotcha. Yeah, oh. but yeah, okay. I I don't know if if Yoko still owns it. I don't know if uh-huh. she sold it or uh or they had some kind of contractual I'm deal. I'm sure she's making out on it. Oh yes. Oh absolutely. She's absolutely. leased it. But I do know for sure for certain that Yoko does own the upright with the grapes on it. Yeah. That I know for sure.
2: That had a great paint job. So Tony yep. Sheridan died on February 16th,
0: 2013. Oh wow. Okay. okay. Yeah, I know he lived to be, you know, a, a nice... Well, he was probably 10
2: years older than uh-huh. about, Wasn't he in his early 30s and they were in their early Yeah, days, so. Tony
0: would have been at the time 30, maybe 32, I'm wanting to say. 31, yeah. 32. Uh, and that sounds about right. Yeah. If he died in, in 13, he was probably... And I don't know how old he was, but I'm, I'm guessing that he's had to be somewhere around 82, 83, maybe, somewhere around there.
2: He was born in May of the 40s, so 60, 70, mm-hmm. 8, 70, 73,
0: 83. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know the, I'm, I'm in 13, the ballpark. 16, I know that for sure. It's got to be between somewhere between 75 and 80, somewhere around. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, all right. Yep. So, um, yeah, when you talk about the you know what, the one thing that we haven't talked about yet mm-hmm. is the evolution of the Beatles, the way they change their look, their style. So, let's take a look at a little show and tell. <laughs> take a look at this. <laughs> The Evolution of the Beatles. Interesting to see the old Ed Sullivan clips. Uh-huh. 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 They were... Um, boy, they bring back some memories. It's funny. Uh, when I went to see the Fab 4 because Clips, Mary and you, they have a, an Ed Sullivan impersonator as part of the show. And the guy that... I don't know who you guys had, but uh, the guy that did uh, Ed Sullivan for my show was Jeff DeHart. He actually lives like 5 minutes away from where I am right now.
2: Oh.
0: Yeah, he lives in in Medford, New Jersey.
2: Oh. in that in that in area.
0: <laughs> Medford Cherry Hill area. Yeah. But this guy recreated Ed Sullivan like uh-huh. uh, like uh, like he was there. Oh it wow. It was remarkable to see I, I felt like it was like, oh shit, this is like deja vu. I'm watching Sullivan again. <laughs> like it went back to the past.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm watching that the Sullivan show. That was, again. A, that was a Sunday night ritual, you know. I think we were oh at the grand, yes. grandparents' house when, and for dinner, and then you'd stay and watch the show and go home.
0: And, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Are you
2: kidding You remember? Because we used to go to grandparents' house on Sundays for dinner, mm-hmm. right? Back yep. then.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Did. change. Uh-huh. And every Sunday it was the same thing: spaghetti, meatballs, <laughs> and. Uh,
2: <laughs> That's because we had pies on for.
0: <laughs> the eras. only thing that changed was the dessert. Yeah. That was the only thing that ever changed was the dessert. Was it going to be something that you liked, or uh-huh. was it going to be, you know, uh, like crumb cake, which everybody hated? Crumb cake.
2: J- Jello, I loved fruit or, or ice cream. Ice <laughs> cream was always a good one.
0: Uh, Mm -hmm. Sticky buns were always good Especially the sticky buns With all the nuts on them That was me All day long That was me all day long I'll take them Give me the nuts Give me the raisins Mm -hmm. Don't give me any crumb cake Because it's dry (laughs) And I don't want to eat it Because I feel like I'm swallowing sand Uh. (laughs) I want something that's got That's got some moisture to it Mm -hmm. You know or a cannoli that always works good mm-hmm. too, but always a spaghetti and meatballs every Sunday. That and Ed Sullivan. Um, Amelia, you're yeah. a, you're the young pup of the crew here. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, let's let me bring you into this uh, this fold here, because it's like so far it's been the old man just yapping off about you know. <laughs> Memories and the days gone. I by.
1: like hearing the memories. I love hearing the uh, stories because that brings me back. I'm to throw
0: it to you. I'm going to throw the floor to you. Questions mm-hmm. for the ladies.
1: I I just you know I can't wait to hear about your book that you're coming up. Do you know exactly uh, when you're going to be bringing book three? Um, exactly because I know you guys are still reading, you well, know, writing book the book. Three
2: in is sort of on hold until we get the nonfiction out. Okay, and then we'll go back to working on that. Pretty solid. Mm-hmm. We've I mean, had a lot
3: of requests for the nonfiction to come out. So, and it, we also think that uh, with the nonfiction, that's going to help other people that are just coming into uh, this world mm-hmm. to understand where Shadow or the base Band came from because it saw the facts in, mm-hmm. in our research. So, uh, we decided to do that book first and be our main focus for now. Book three, we're hoping to have out um, probably by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, Annie, you um, you believe it or not, you you segued into an area that I want to go into here. Um I Want you and and uh, and Marianne to take this one. Let's talk about. This. We're talking tonight about you know the impact of the Beatles and the social and um, um, pop cultural uh, impact. Let's talk a little bit and very very little, very little about the political. Impact of the Beatles, but more so Let's talk about What we're doing right now Then this, uh, the Beatles Has affected, apparently Affected you and Mary Ann To such a point where Not only did you not settle For writing one book (laughs) Or two books (laughs) But you've got four in the works Okay, so That's either like the, The absolute epitome of Fandom or there's a lot about the Beatles that's still left un- uncovered. So let's talk about that. I'm going to bring you and Marianne up here uh, okay. side by side. And so let's talk about, uh, Marianne, you know where I'm going with this. So let's talk about um, uh, whoever wants to, to hit that topic first. Uh... The political? I went to head- all this for you to say andy go ahead take care take it take it in
3: well hey, the politics at the time i mean they were the the voice of a generation you and go. you know they were out there they were anti-war uh and they were talking about that and you know it was something they weren't supposed to talk about yeah actually too and in england they were making some uh damaging <laughs> thing, um mm-hmm. conversation. um conversations you know they were telling you know the prime minister hey lower the taxes on Mm -hmm. the working class give us a break you know um, stop the taxes on the cigarettes (laughs) you know as an example and uh, they were also (laughs) saying that um you know thanks for the purple heart john said once in an interview and the purple heart was um they're slang for um yeah. So they're telling the British government to stop the import of heroin. <laughs> so they were very outspoken mm-hmm. there. And also what they did, they changed their, the language. Um, mm-hmm. At the time, you know, public speakers and especially politicians, they wanted to speak the Queen's English, the proper English. Mm-hmm. So when the Beatles came along, they just spoke everyday language that they grew up with in Liverpool. And when they were asked, you know, why aren't you speaking the Queen's English? You know, Paul just pointed out, well, why would I? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from Liverpool and this is how I speak. <laughs> you know?
0: What they did, and I, I think, you know, to, to, uh, to, to add to what Anne is saying, what they did was they made, especially young people, they made mm-hmm. young people feel like they counted. Yeah, they mm-hmm.
2: empowered them.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, they sure yeah. did. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. The other thing, uh, Marianne, mm-hmm. let's talk about um mm-hmm. in addition to let's talk a little bit about the the political, the well, it wasn't even so much a political comment. Let's talk about the comment that John made that set off a firestorm of moral indignation around the world when he said and he wasn't lying. He wasn't you can't honest. say that John was lying. He said that we are more popular than Jesus Christ. And guess what? He was telling the truth.
2: Yeah, uh, because he was relating to at the time that the churches were not being full and their concerts were filled to the rim. He was oh, just yeah. making a, a simple comparison of the religion, not being detrimental or saying anything bad about it. Just no. that it was just, as he said... He over and over again, he says, it's just the fact. And, and everybody's misquoting exactly me on right. what I said and what I meant. And he just meant that. The, yeah. the he never were...
0: said anything untoward or, or derogatory. No,
1: no, not at all. He,
0: he never said anything derogatory in any way, shape or form no. about about Jesus Christ, Mm-mm. you know? Yeah, right. I think that and was that was the that. thing
2: that just drove them crazy, that whole tour, everybody asking them that question over and over and over again. It was just
0: yeah maddening. But what got me, though, that there was, there was this one disc jockey in some fuck Georgia somewhere, right? Mm-hmm, the Bible that was, Belt. It, it, apparently, this guy felt like he had the keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, like, his decision not to play the Beatles Was going to make or break that band. I got news for you, Jackass. The Beatles were going to make it whether you played the fucking music or not. Okay.
2: Whether they had a burning pile of Beatle albums on Uh uh, being, you know, bonfires. That, Uh you know what? George said it perfectly. When those bonfires were going on and they were burning their albums, he said, it doesn't matter we aren't going to say anything one way or the other, but they're going to go around and buy all those albums all over again. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's exactly did. what that I right. was just
0: about to say to you. Do you know, do you guys know, and Amelia, check this out because you're, you're the young pup here. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know that after that whole moral indignation, after that funny. whole clusterfuck, that religious bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After all of that was said and done, those kids, the same kids, That Mm -hmm. listened to their parents and were burn Mm -hmm. your Beatles records, go to the bonfire, blah 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 blah. Okay, Mm -hmm. imagine that down south burning Uh, records and and books. Imagine that. Uh Can't fucking imagine that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, they went out and they bought those albums all over fucking again. They bought them. Oh, that's
1: what. That is the same thing when we did when uh, Papa Bush. uh, They said to burn burn all the Dixie Chicks music and everything because what she said about. Pop up, yeah. We went out and bought more Dixie Chicks stuff. They more went out and stuff.
0: Bought a, yeah, by the yeah. way, the Dixie, listen to this, this yeah. List one. Yeah, you're gonna love this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, on a side note, since you, mm-hmm. you fucking mentioned the Dixie Chicks, mm-hmm. they had to drop the term Dixie front. They're called the I Chicks. Now. Oh,
1: yeah, that makes me mad. I still call them the Dixie yeah. Chicks, whether or it's not I how fucking stupid. It's, it's
2: terrible be- what they're making everybody mm-hmm. change yeah. history. It's, yeah. it's our history. If you don't mm-hmm. have it, you don't learn from it, okay. and then you repeat it. Well
0: leave it alone yeah amelia and i have done a show already in that regard Mm -hmm. called leave our history alone Mm -hmm. that's part one we've got a four-parter if uh... they are not if we can help it and we can Mm -hmm. help it right uh, they're trying to erase your history as you Mm -hmm. know it
1: Mm -hmm. right guess what yeah it ain't gonna
0: happen on my watch Mm -hmm.
1: If the Beatles had made that statement it, now it happen. like they did back then and then now they're talking about all this devil worship what would the fans react like now if they had made that statement now compared to all the devil worship going on? What would the fans do now you think?
2: I think they would, would think just it. ignore it. Yeah. I, was, I think did, I they
3: would, probably would agree with John.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You want to
0: hear the funny part? Yeah. About all this? Mm-hmm. At the time the Beatles were considered the clean, the clean cut you know yeah. yeah. The, the nice yeah. boys, right? Right. And the, the Rolling Stones were the bad boys. bad boys. boys. Right. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Couldn't have been more opposite. The Beatles were the bad boys that ended up being. Uh-huh. The Stones ended up being the gentlemen. Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. And I have to tell you a story. Fucking
0: scary thought, ain't it? <laughs> that Mick and Keith ended up being the good guys, and yeah. Ronnie Wood and Bill Wyman. Hmm. Ain't that
3: but I have to tell you a story about the burning there down um, in the south. One of the um, stations, radio stations, was calling for the ban on the Beatles and you know burn the records and everything like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, their antenna got hit by lightning.
1: Oh, serves them right. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> so I think that's a
2: little ironic, isn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't so, fuck with God. No. <laughs>
2: You, did you know angelo knowing re- radio stations and stuff i just recently found this out through looking through research and stuff that the bbc and a lot of these stations weren't wanting to broadcast a lot of records back then
1: yeah
0: and there
2: was a there was a boat called caroline radio yeah out three and a half miles off the coast broadcasting 24 7 all the out yep. all, all the records all the 45s that they weren't allowed to re- record or yep. to air
0: and there's nothing they could do about it. You no, know why? Yeah,
2: they were at three and a half miles out. They were. They over were in international,
0: international waters. waters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's as,
2: just long great. As, two, as, as long as
0: you're more than two. As long as you're more than two miles offshore, you are yeah. considered international waters.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: That was great.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. This has been an amazing conversation. You guys are yes, always so. welcome guests here. You know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Oh, thank um, you. I gotta have you back when at least one of the next two is oh, yeah. is ready to, to hit. Yeah. The nonfiction,
2: got... I mean, I'd like to ch- I, I I've told we've talked about it. We'd like to try and have it out by Paul's birthday. We're you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. We
2: get it that soon.
0: And Paul was what not November somewhere? June. 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 Oh June. Who was November? What am I missing? Who was November?
3: Um, uh, George passed in November.
0: Oh George, George passed in November. I knew yeah, one of George's them.
2: birthday is tomorrow. Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh,
0: George's birthday's tomorrow.
2: Yeah, the twenty fifth.
0: Yes, that's ironic 25th. how we're I having George tonight. I never know what day it tonight. is. What date?
2: What's the? No, today's the twenty third. Yeah, oh, so, this Saturday. Saturday.
0: Yeah. Saturday. Oh, George's George's birthday is on Saturday. It's, it's funny because mm-hmm. I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking there's some significant date with November. Uh huh. Kennedy's and I thought, assassination I, I thought it was one of their birthdays but no it's, As Amy said George passed In November mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that, Again like stu- stupid little trivia Stuff They Each one of the guys had a home In the US mm-hmm. Except mm-hmm. for Billy Ringo had a home here And still does mm-hmm. George had a home here And his family still does and John had a home here. And Yoko still has it. Paul never had a home here.
2: Paul never did. Billy did.
0: Bill, oh, Billy did. Okay. Billy has multiple. Was Paul is Paul the only one that didn't have uh, have a home here.
2: He did not have a home here because he died too early. They didn't have homes yeah. here that at that time. But mm. Billy has a, had the Arizona ranch where mm. Linda died.
0: Right. We'll yeah. We'll
2: get into that at some point. He has a place in the Hamptons. He has a place in New York City. Right. I think there's another one, too, isn't there, Ann? California. And one in L.A.
0: So he's keeping, what, like five or six places? Oh, he
2: has, yeah, multiple places. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, he can afford the, the upkeep on them all.
2: And then the place in Surrey is, like, huge.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'll tell you what. It's been a hell of a a hell of an, especially for Amelia. It's been an education for this kid. (laughs) In keeping with our don't be a bully campaign, let's just tell everybody be a buddy, not a bully. If you feel like you're being bullied and you need somebody to talk to, Mm -hmm. there is help. The National Crisis Hotline. Give them a call. The number is 988. If you feel like you're being bullied, the number is real simple. 988. Mm -hmm. You can call it, you can text it, you can fax it. They got everything wrapped up in those little three numbers, 988. Yes. So, Amelia, what did you learn tonight, young lady?
1: I learned a lot today.
0: (laughs) Good, because you will be quizzed next week.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you learned a lot, too, from pickles.
0: (laughs) Electrolytes. Electrolytes, Angela. (laughs) Can't. Cherry, kool-aid and pickles I just <gasps> Annie, Annie, how is this even allowed Annie How well, is this even allowed?
2: Annie knows about the pickle juice and electrolytes and and what it helps you <laughs> regain hydration Annie
0: was the last bastion of hope for me here, okay <laughs> you I knew Ann, you were all beyond hope from the get-go. <laughs> I knew that.
1: Cause these are my girls. <laughs> Amelia
0: was she was way beyond hope. She was. She's been beyond hope since so she yeah, started yeah, yeah, with yeah. me. Uh huh. I thought Annie's the one person. The one person. That, she's got my back on this one, and Angel. Annie turned around and went yeah. right up my ass with it. <laughs> Angelo,
3: I have got to tell you something. Yes, my dear. Uh, he might like pickles and cherry Kool-Aid together, but I like macaroni and cheese mixed with cranberry sauce. Oh. Well, that's
0: good actually to- that. <laughs> I, actually, that doesn't. I'll tell you why that doesn't bother me. You, well, I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly why. There is a diner out here called the Meadows Diner. Mm-hmm. They serve mac and cheese with cranberry sauce. And two crab cakes on top. Oh, let's go. That, yeah, I, I'm <laughs> straight up, straight up. That's how they serve it. And they sell that all day long. But like, sure, they do. You can't get enough of it.
3: Oh, this sounds wonderful. Wow. It's
0: delicious. I had it once. It was fucking <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> but let's tell everybody, Amelia. Mm-hmm. Let's tell everybody our name is our address It's www.radio.podbean.com Visit one of our YouTube channels You can see us at youtube.com What's the buzz podcast Or youtube.com forward slash At blunt talk radio Or the oldest of these Youtube.com forward slash At the psychic realm podcast
1: Yeah and block this as you see what happens If I get mad or not
0: <laughs> Yeah right <laughs> we got two Facebook pages Amelia tell everybody about our Facebooks Because you put this together and I don't yeah. know shit about it
1: <laughs> It's a Facebook uh, Of course we have the Facebook What's the buzz what, Facebook and what's the buzz uh, Facebook with a question oh, girl, mark Get it out, get it out there yeah. <laughs> What's the buzz podcast What's the buzz podcast with, the face, but with a Facebook With a question mark And then what's the buzz podcast Group
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We mm-hmm. have our Facebook group. Now, listen, there's a bunch of numbers here. It says facebook.com forward slash groups, and then there's a bunch of numbers. I don't
1: know why and, they put them, those numbers Forget
0: about them numbers. Just go on Facebook mm-hmm. and search What's the Buzz podcast group.
1: Yes. That's we all. also have a TikTok and Instagram account as well under What's the uh, Buzz podcast. And a Twitter
0: and, and Facebook, Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. Twitch, Yuvu, um, mm-hmm. um, Vimeo, youtube new tube um uh let's see what else did they say uh roku um tubi tv and um, and um, he opened up uh, he
1: opened up some kind of uh, a snapchat
0: <laughs> oh, oh yeah no. snapchat yes we're going to have a snapchat mm-hmm. i'm still trying to figure out how to work it though oh. Got to ask my wife about if that. If you
1: have a show idea or have some questions, you can email us at what's whatsthebuzzpopcast at gmail.com.
0: Say that again.
1: What's popcast at gmail.com. There
0: you go. One more time. <laughs> whatsthebuzzpopcast what's the at, at
1: gmail.com. There you go.
0: They like the way I said it better.
1: They do not. Because
0: I got a radio voice.
1: You. <laughs> I say it's I have WT a radio. We are
0: <laughs> WWTF Radio. That is search us on Google, any search engine you want. It's very simple. WWTF Radio or What's the Buzz Podcast?
1: Well, for your radio, you'll find us. We are at
0: crazy. home or at work, on the road in your car. We are everywhere you are, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're not hard to find. We we're literally right now on over three thousand. I'm not even shitting you, folks. Over 3,000 platforms worldwide. Mm -hmm. We are on two television stations. We are on more than 520 commercial radio stations worldwide. Mm -hmm. Uh, 74 domestically here in the U.S. We are huge overseas. They love us in Australia, New Zealand, England, Ireland, Germany, Italy. Um, Did I do my commercial for overseas yet? Yes. Yes. Million? did I okay yes we did never mind mm-hmm. Then I won't do it again um,
1: <laughs> Just check your local listings for the Channels
0: yes uh, If you want to know where we vary from State to state and region to region You got to go and like check Us out find us where we are And because we're somewhere mm-hmm. Right now we're on somewhere mm-hmm. Oh want to say thank you To fair media group Corey fair and Marlon Brown yes. you guys were amazing guests on Tuesday um you're coming back again. Okay? Papa Bear is bringing them back again. They don't know it yet, but this is their invitation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> This is me telling them they're coming back. Mm-hmm. We had a hell of a show the other night. Yes, great, great show. Hollywood Pedophiles. Oh, oh wow. Oh, yes. yeah. Great show. Yeah. Um, we did. So, for Ann Walsh, for Marianne Howard, for the Mouth of the South, Amelia, the pit bull chapman I am mad dog Angelo Scipio. take care everybody we'll see you next time bye bye